that walk that walk. This is Walk and Roll Live. This is Walk and Roll Live. A podcast dedicated to the disabled community, sharing stories of courage and triumph, joy and discovery, and everyday successes and challenges. Now, here are your hosts, Doug Vincent and Eric Aguilar. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Walk and Roll Live. Thank you for joining us. And happy Tuesday, May 23rd. I am Doug Vincent, your host. And my co-host is Eric Aguilar. How you doing, Eric? Happy Taco Tuesday, guys and gals. I'm Eric Aguilar. That's right. It's Taco Tuesday. My favorite day of the week. Huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. All oh, them tasty tacos. So we want to say thank you to our uh, sponsor. The sponsors our studio. That's Aguilar Professional Training. We'll hear more about them a little bit later. So uh, how was your week? Let's start there. Oh, last week, my friend, me. My fiance, her brother, and his girl, for my girl's birthday, we took her all the way to Universal Studios Hollywood. (laughs) Nice. I've never been. How was it? Tell us all about it. Oh, man. It was my first time going to I was 13. First, we went through the Hogwarts world for Harry Potter for for her thing. And then um, we had this uh, thing called Butterbeer. It was very delicious. It's basically root beer in a a dip of uh, butterscotch mixed together with the uh, foam on top for cream mm. or whichever you prefer. I didn't uh, um, really take much, much to it at first, but then I had another. And I said, oh, hmm, this is good. I'll have another. <laughs> like, give me another. Give me another. So uh, it's a new favorite, huh? Uh-huh. And then we went to the Simpsons uh, part of Universal Studios. It was just like the TV show. They had it all. They had Moe's. They had Quickie Mart. They had Krusty Burger. They had uh, Cletus's uh, Shack. But based on the... Um, Cartoon, cartoon and series. A lot of the buildings were like you know carnival games and uh, restaurants you can eat. Like I went inside to take a look at Moe's and I was like, "Woo, we're gonna party!" <laughs> and then there was this other gal in the wheelchair, you know, eyeballing me and giving me a smile. And then I kind of you know went about my merry way. I wanted to eat at Krusty Burger, but the line was very long and very excruciating. So we traveled our way to the uh, Jurassic Park um, part of the. Uh, theme park and then uh we finally found this cafe to sit down and eat because i was looking at my girl like okay darling i know you're having a hard to a, a good time but sooner or later we're gonna have to sit down and have some chow i wanted the uh, barbecue um, brisket sandwich but fortunate unfortunately they're all out and then i said oh dang it just give me any burger any burger i don't care man <laughs> I, so I, I need this, to eat <laughs> this uh, real good cheeseburger which had nacho cheese on it which is very new i never thought of that before a burger with nacho cheese. It was very interesting. Very, very, you mean like uh, like queso? Yeah, it was just like it was just like queso, but it tastes more like nacho cheese, and it was yeah. bad, spicy but good. And the seasoned fries was awesome. And I'll never, ever, ever, ever say no to raspberry coke. Very nice, very nice. So it sounds like a good time. So these are like sets that you could actually walk around and and sit in the booths and that kind of thing, like at Moe's. Oh yes, oh yes, sir. Yeah, I wish I had some time to stop for a flaming mo. It was a non-alcoholic beverage, and it was made, you know, based on the show, but for but as a novelty beverage. And I can imagine it was good if I got to try some. I saw a picture of it in order to do, uh, bring the flaming look uh, to life. They had this, um, you know, kind of a foggy uh, foam right on top of it, looked like it's smoking. That's why it's called flaming mo. And then so we went on the Harry Potter ride that was um, 
um, you know, built on, you know, a platform and virtual and special effects. And the crazy part was we got stuck on the ride for a moment or two. And then my gal was starting to get a little scared. I said, whatever you do, baby, don't look down. Don't look down. And then uh, we finally started moving. I'm like, okay, dudes, hold on. And we all started <laughs> screaming. Ah! You survived. So I'm going to date myself here a little bit, but do they, do they still have like the Jaws ride? Um, at the uh, Hollywood location in uh, Los Angeles, it's a little bit bigger than when, when I was 13. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get to see Jaws, but, um, but I hear the Florida location has a lot more, including much of the old school stuff compared to the uh, Hollywood location. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So you had a good week. Yeah, we, I had a busy oh, yeah. week last week. Um, you know, I go to the food pantry for the Veterans Village over in Loma Linda. Do that every Thursday. On Wednesday, um, I uh, have been part of a a car club. It's called Old Farts Racing Team, and they they do a couple of car shows a year, raise money, and for years they were working on kind of rehabbing the Riverside National Cemetery. Uh, where all the veterans are buried. And then they got a, got done with that project. So they looked for a new project and they started working on the American Legion Hall over at Fairmount Park in Riverside, California. Uh, that's post number 79. So they've gone through that place and redid the inside. And they put new air conditioning, redid, redid the bathrooms, made them all accessible. It was interesting because they didn't, they didn't like blow out new walls and make anything bigger but they just utilize the space better in there, you know, because you could even get in them in a wheelchair to use the restrooms before. So they're no bigger, but they just use the space better. Uh, but then they uh, they did a parking lot. They repaved the parking lot, did all that. Well, they also put up a memorial for the Riverside Police, Riverside Sheriffs, and the CHP out of Riverside. So they, they did a memorial because they were inscribing the names. I think they had the CHP and the sheriffs and they were, they had placed the Riverside Memorial. And so they did a ceremony and unveiled the the new memorial. So I, I went over to see that and tragically just in the, like two or three days before. So that was Wednesday. We went over, over the weekend, a Riverside County Sheriff, and forgive me, I can't remember his name, but he, uh, he fell in the line of duty. So they had, they had time within that three or four days, they had time to get his name inscribed on there and added that uh, family was there. There was some incredible speakers on the, uh, for the family, the son of one of the fallen, uh, fallen uh, officers uh, gave a, a, a talk and it was something that he had written, I guess, a few years ago and he shared with the crowd and it was powerful stuff. He was 12 when his father passed and he looked like he was, you know, somewhere in his 30s, had some kids of his own, you know, so he um, it was a different perspective for him uh, as a father now and kind of talked about that a bit. So it, it was awesome. It was awesome. There's a there's a uh, group called the Patriot Guard Riders who will escort uh, the fallen, not only soldiers, but also first responders, you know, on the day of their funerals. And they were there and they were uh flag bearing and they did taps a 21 gun salute. They, they did it all. So it was, it was really a, you know, mm. notwithstanding the reason you're there, it was, you know, it was great to honor, you know, those people that keep us safe or do their best and give all sometimes uh, keeping us safe. 
so that was that was kind of my week. The weekend laid low, didn't do a whole lot over the weekend, but that's it for that. Um, well, I guess we should turn to you know what we're we're here to, here to do. But nice catching up over the week, uh, and uh, today we have a guest, a friend of both of ours that we've met again through Team Possibilities. Uh, that comes up a lot, uh, but those are the relationships that we have, and and we want to share those stories. And as we grow this this community, you know, we want to reach out to everybody, you know, around the country, around the uh, around the world, really. If if that's the case, uh, if you know somebody that has an extraordinary uh, tale, uh, story of their life that uh, you'd like us to share, please uh, drop us a line at war live at walkandrolllive.com W-A-R live at walkandrolllive.com There's also uh, a place where you can contact us on the website too at walkandrolllive.com so check that out. Alright, and then also, uh, you know what else I was doing last week? Uh, I tried to get our podcast up on as many platforms as possible. Some are a little trickier than others and, uh, but I finally mastered it and I've got most of them up now. Uh, so it's on Spotify iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, iTunes, Samsung Podcasts, Stitcher, and Pandora. So there's uh, all right. We, you should be able to find it somewhere, you know, wherever you look. So we appreciate that. So our friend from Team Possibilities is Judith Diaz, and uh, she's got a story that she's going to share with us. And uh, uh, look forward to. to getting to know her better myself. So we'll do that here in just a moment. Thanks for, thanks for hanging with us. Don't touch that bell folks. Aguiar professional training offers comprehensive organizational development and organizational effectiveness services for corporations, nonprofits, educational institutions, and individuals. What they do is improve work environments in key areas, such as performance management gaps, group interactions, morale and trust building, and team dynamics, to name just a few. Using a strength-based approach in conjunction with individual or group coaching, all of the strategies have produced significant results. APT also assists with managing change, improving work processes, training, and management of human capital. Learn more at agarprofessionaltraining.com, A-G-U-I-A-R, professionaltraining.com Welcome back to Walk and Roll Live. I am Doug Vincent with my co-host Eric Aguilar. How you doing, Eric? Hey, folks. Welcome back. All right. You ready to get to know our guest? All right. It is our distinct pleasure to welcome our good friend, Judith Diaz. Hey, Judith. Hey, Hi, doing? I'm so, good. How about you guys? Good, good. So Judith is a, a Possibilities member. We we talk a lot about Possibilities because we're all all members. And we were kind of talking a little bit before the, the break, Judith, before we brought you on that, you know, um, we're, we're certainly open to telling other people's stories. But these are the people that we know. And as we grow the, the podcast, you know, we're going get to be getting to know probably more people from Possibilities and, and people that we know, Eric knows. And uh, but if anybody has somebody that they know uh, nationwide or worldwide, we certainly would love to hear their stories, too. Uh, so Judy is the most recent addition to the Hall of Heroes at the Loma Linda University Health East Campus. East Campus is where 
Uh, they do all the orthopedics, uh, the ortho orthotics. Uh, they do uh, physical therapy, all of that stuff. So there's a hall there uh, with all the people that have made an impact on uh, Loma Linda and possibilities and, and Judith's smiling faces on that wall now. So congratulations. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So, of course, Judith is a person with a disability. So that's why we wanted to have her on. We wanted to hear her story. So I, I guess let's just go back and start from the beginning. Let's hear about little Judith. Well, I got diagnosed with polio when I was only 14 months old. Gotcha. Uh, my mom told me that I was barely learning how to take my first steps and everything when I got polio. Uh, at first, she said, you know, I was, you know, always stubborn. But then again, Judy has always been stubborn. I was going to say, that's the Judith that's I know. <laughs> yeah, no, she said that uh, it, it required a lot of physical therapy. Uh, my mother wouldn't let that the nurses uh, do physical therapy on me without her being present. Unfortunately, um, while I was in Mexico, you know, getting treated and everything, uh, one of the nurses dislocated my right shoulder. <clears throat> so ever since then, my mom did not allow, you know, for me to be alone with the nurses or anything. When it came to put, my mom started taking classes. She studied to be a nurse. So she could be able, you know, to do my physical therapies, to be there for me if I needed, you know, injections or anything. So my mom would be on top of it. So no one would, you know, would pretty much hurt me according to her like they did. Sure. You know, when yeah. my arm got dislocated. So, yeah, that's, that's one of the things. And then how I was like growing up um, over there in Mexico, uh, it's called, we were in this hospital called Angel de Año. Um, the hospital is Angel of the Year, if you translate it in English. Pretty much, uh, I had about, about, I believe, 10 surgeries there, my mom said. Somewhere around there. She, she doesn't remember so much. Uh, mostly on my legs. They had to do surgeries since I was little, as I was growing, you know, growing up. And my bones were, you know, growing alone. Uh, they were get, my knee was going, like, a little bit to the side or my leg and things like that. So they had to, you know, keep my bones straight. I yeah. have, I believe, about 10 screws on each leg. Four on my on the foot, then I have three on my knees and things like that. So th and those are still there. Yeah, right? those yeah. are permanent. Yeah, those you, are gonna remain there. Before we get too much further, I wanted to ask. So you you were born in Mexico, yes? Yes. And and you know I don't want to you know get into asking a woman her age, but you know you're quite a bit younger than me. When when I was diagnosed with polio, they had just come out with a vaccination. So yes. was the vaccination not readily available where you were? Or? It was available, but in 78, when I got polio, uh, it was, the virus was stronger than that vaccine mm. at that time. From what my, the stories my mom was telling me about that, a lot of the kids that, you know, got polio too, they ended up in the iron lungs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was fortunate enough in a way that they said, not only did I get polio, but I also got Gillian Barrett at the same time. Uh -huh. At first, I didn't understand what Gillian Barrett was. So obviously, you know, when I got older, I started doing research. Yeah. What is this? You know, and that's how I learned what Gillian Barrett was, which is it mimics a lot of the things of the polio, but it's temporarily. A lot of people could be fine within two weeks. They're fine. Or, you know, within three months and so on. So it's not like polio where it's permanent that affects, you know, your bones and things like that. 
uh, polio affected me both of my legs and my right arm too. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of the things that uh, it was difficult when it came to do the physical therapy and everything. So then uh, as you grew up, how, how, how did they handle that? Did you go to school? So no, we were in a special school, me and my brother, until uh, fifth grade is about where we were mainstreamed, as they call it, you know, to go into the public school system. Yeah. Well, most of my childhood was in hospitals. Mm-hmm. I grew up in hospitals pretty much. Okay. Uh, from Shriner, I mean, from being, you know, in Mexico, uh, we moved here, I believe we started coming here in 1986 or 87, somewhere around there. Uh, and I started uh, attending Shriner Hospital for Children. At that time, Shriners was in L.A. Before, you know, now the new location is in Anaheim, I believe. Yeah. So I would go back and forth. I, You know, I would come and then, you know, go back to Mexico. And in Mexico, I did attend regular school. They didn't have, you know, special school for people with disabilities or anything. I was in regular school. Yeah. But I've never stayed that long. Until we finally uh, moved down here, and I believe it was in 1990, when we stayed here permanently. Mm-hmm. That's when I started attending. But I went to regular school. I, I never went to a special school or anything. Uh, the schools actually had this called special ed classes. Yeah. It's just a regular school, but they had, you know, special ed. and But mostly it was everything from English, math, you know, regular. Yeah. No. That, and that was in Mexico or once you got here? No, once I got here. Yeah, yeah. Once I, I got here, I started. They first they put me in ESL classes because I didn't know the language. So after that, um, they pretty much, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think I started like in the fifth grade or so. From when I started school completely, yeah, I think it was in the fifth grade. Because when we first got here at the same time, I was back and forth, you know, in hospital and then out of the hospital and things like that. Gotcha. So were you in a class with all the other kids when you were in school? Or I was, was in a class with all different, some will, some of them, you know, regular students. So, but you were in a special education class and not with the, the rest of the population of the school. Well, they call it special ed because it was more for uh, people who, Pretty much, I guess, had a not a, a very good understanding of the yeah. subject. So they had a substitute teacher, so they had teachers helpers. That's why they call it special ed. Gotcha, gotcha. But that was only for like two, three classes. All my regular classes, but, you know, with the regular students. Regular gotcha. Students. Okay. All right. I get it. I think Eric wanted to ask you some questions. I can understand where you're coming from, Judah, because I remember myself being in a special ed all the way to my uh, junior, senior year of high school. And they found out uh, that I was what they call too advanced for the uh, program, or so they say. And they decided to mainstream me throughout my senior year of high school. So technically, I graduated a year before my actual um, graduation during uh, high school. Because due to the nature of my birthday, I wasn't supposed to turn 18 until after um, high school if I, if I, when, when I, when I did graduate. Oh, okay. Were there any um, uh, struggles um, socially or any particular challenges regarding your disability? Because I know um, when it comes down to it, um, people have uh, different experiences and choices on how to adapt with their own uh, disability. Yeah, 
I didn't have any problem until I reached high school. That's in high school. That's when I I learned what a bullying was, or why people look at you different. Um, I used to wear a shirt, mini skirt, you name it. I didn't care. But when I got to high school, that was a whole different experience that I was not, you know, expecting. I didn't think it was gonna be. You know, I thought it was gonna be like junior high. Yeah. But unfortunately, uh, no. Um, and the funny thing that I was being bullied by someone who was actually in a wheelchair. Wow. So that's the part. I was like, wait, oh, I wasn't even being bullied by other students. So after that, when people started asking about my disability, it was easier for me to say, oh, I got run over. Than actually say, oh, yeah, I got polio. No. Yeah. It was, I got run over until, I believe, before my senior year. Yeah, it, it was always I got run over, and even after high school, um, because I had I I wasn't sure if I was gonna graduate on time, so my mom signed me up for summer classes, winter classes, you name it, to make sure you know. And I ended up graduating after I turned twenty one because my birthday is on May twenty nine, and my graduation wasn't until June, so I was already twenty one when I graduated high school. Gotcha. Yeah, because I remember um, in those days, even when I was in high school, um, they would let you stay in the to the education program until you were 21. And as far as the social um, skills didn't go, uh, go went with me, I didn't really hang out with the um, other kids who had disabilities just like me. Because, you know, in a sense, I kind of felt a little more different than they did up here. And people never really uh, questioned or picked on me because of my disability. To them, I had this really cool and crazy walk. They never really asked where it came from. They just thought it was really cool and crazy the way I was walking. <laughs> like, wow, this guy has, some, has, has a real cool walk there. <laughs> I know. I remember in, in junior high, uh, we had, uh, <laughs> they had this program when I was in junior high that they would have this elective class that changed every quarter, you know, so you'd have the same classes say all year, but then in one class, it would change every quarter. So I would always sign up for classes in the auditorium and the classes were so big that they couldn't take, they couldn't take uh, attendance, you know, so I never went. (laughs) So that gave me a double lunch because my class was right next to lunchtime. So it was, my last class before we went to lunch. So I would go to lunch and, and there was a split lunch for the whole school. Half the school would go to lunch at, at one point and then the other half. So I would just be out for, you know, like an hour and a half for lunch, but we would sit out on the grass. And the moment I sat down, cause back then I walked our crutches, but the uh, people would come and get my crutches. So for an hour and a half, I didn't have my crutches. And every once in a while, I would see somebody walk by on my crutches. So everybody was just like, was like taking them for a spin. You know, it'd be a different person. Sometimes, a lot of times, it wasn't even anybody I knew. It just they were always back. By the end of lunch, they were always, were always re- returned to me and I could I could take off, go back to class. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, not a, I didn't experience a whole lot of bullying, you know, at, at, at probably different times to some degree. But there were... You know, I mean, there's stories of people 
because this was uh, when when I was getting into later high school, you know, and through that period, the Vietnam War was going on. So there were people that would say, and, and I, it wasn't a joke. I mean, they were serious. Some people do anything to get out of going to the war. You know, it's like, yeah, this is my long game. I started this at a year old, so I wouldn't have to go to a war that I didn't even know was going to start for 10 years after I was born. So anyway, exactly. but yeah, you get people saying silly things. Yeah. Well, well, about your experience in a, okay, go ahead, Judith. Well, believe it or not with me, um, I never got bullied by other students. The only ones, like I said, I was bullied by our people who actually had a disability. Yeah. Which I thought it was funny. It's like, wait, you're in a wheelchair and you're making fun of me? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yes. It probably says more about them than it did you, right? Their insecurities. Exactly. It's been hard to deal with it at that age, I'm sure, still. Yeah, it is. Right? You know, I mean, some days, you know, it's, it's funny because, um, Sometimes I people look at me up and down and they're like, or they look at my husband. It's like, like I'm wondering, like, well, what do you think? Your wife he married to me? Why are you ugly too? <laughs> I understand where you're coming from, Judah, because I've had that happen to me a couple of times. Like, part of me wants to tell the individuals with other disabilities, just like how we have, you know, I might not have the same type of disability or backstory as you do, but at the same time, I have a disability and I'm jumping the same hurdle. So why the heck are you tripping me up? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I, 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 at this point, I think it's funny. I know many people that think that uh, everybody's got a disability of some form or another. You know, sometimes it's up in the noggin and not so visible. But, and I don't mean, you know, like an intellectual or, or developmental disability. I'm just talking about, you know, they're, their their own insecurities and all of those things so but uh so what it, now you've graduated high school and now you're being faced with going out into the real world what was that like I, well believe it or not um it wasn't that bad actually um even in high school i was teaching class believe it or not my mom literally has a punishment, she sent me back to Mexico to live with my dad. Mm-hmm. Because I was really in, I mean, I regret it now. I wish I would have stayed, you know, got better grades. But no, I was, that was terrible. So that was the wild Judith years? Oh, trust me. The, the one <laughs> when, I believe it, when I came back, um, I remember my mom made me take the bus to go register myself back in school. Mm-hmm. And she said no. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to put my face for you. No, this is, you're doing it. And um, I remember the last uh, teacher's conference that my mom had, they started talking so nice. And she's like, wait, I'm sorry. Are we talking about the same girl that, <laughs> you know, last year you told me she called you a B, this, this, and that. I, are you sure we're talking about the same girl? So, um, yeah. No, once I finished high school, um, it wasn't so bad. Uh Obviously, I struggle with because, you know, when high school, I was, you know, having the bus pick me up, go to school and things like that. Yeah. After high school, you know, going to college, it was a little bit difficult because now I have to take, you know, regular bus. Yeah. And sometimes I will have to walk like two blocks from where we live to the bus stop. Um, but it got to a point, you know, where my mom couldn't afford, you know, paying classes and things like that. 
So what we did, uh, my mom actually, at that time, since I was still working on my immigration process, because it takes a while. Yeah. I know a lot of people say, oh, you should have, you know, you should have done it. Uh, we did, but it's not like you're going to get it overnight. Yeah. So we started paying for the work permits. Um, I work with attorneys. I work in uh, doctor's offices. Here, before I moved to Texas, I worked with an attorney that dealt with uh, pretty much like all personal injuries, car accidents, malpractice, you name it. Okay. So it's like I became a paralegal without even going to school. Yeah. That, so what not. were you what were you studying in school while you were working? In school, I went for a uh, medical administrative. Okay. Assistant. That's what I studied. Yeah. Um, the back then they had is a Bryman College. I don't know if you remember that one. I do. Yeah. Well, you know, I listened to other people. I decided, you know, do it fast, and and then it costing us more. You know, we ended up paying more to the school than we actually got anything out of it yeah um and from there from that school that's how i they're supposed to give you like a placement job they did it i ended up working with attorneys something i have no clue what am i doing in there yeah but in a way i like it because i got to learn a lot after that i decided to take criminology so when i was in texas and we moved to texas i believe the end of 2007 just me and my mom. Okay. So in Texas, I got to go to school for criminology. I loved it. Until one day um, when we were out in the field, when I was doing my internship and everything, we got to see a crime scene that uh, it was too much for me. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. When, especially when it involves little kids. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I was like, okay. No, I like it, but I'd rather be in the forensic part of it than being out there in the field taking pictures and, you know, grabbing evidence and things like that. Yeah. So from there, I worked at, a, for a while, I worked at um, Northeast Hospital. One of the best hospitals in Texas. I got to learn more than I did going to school, to be honest with you. Uh, one of the, one of the actually, um, <clears throat> nurses from there uh she knew all the backgrounds of you know medical billing coding and everything so i got to learn more from her mm-hmm. but through it all even after high school after college every time i went out with my because it was just me and my mom mm-hmm. it's always been just me and my mom and you know i will you know we go out you know grocery shopping doing all you know regular things and everybody was like you know look at my mom and look at me and the funny thing is like I would expect that from little kids. No, it was mostly from the adults. I remember one time, though, um, my nephew, uh, we were in Target. And my niece, no, it was my niece. She was like around, what, two, three years old, somewhere around there? And this kid, you know, started following us and making fun of how I was walking. And my niece didn't like that. Believe it or not, at three years old, that three or four, somewhere around the last, that little brat, I see her taking off. I'm like, Emily, I'll be back. <laughs> she goes, she grabs it, and she punches the kid. I'm like, you, you know, obviously we're like, and then, you know, his mother is right there, and she's like, he's laughing at how she walks, and Emily's showing the lady 
And they're like, oh, you could punch him again, honey. <laughs> oh, good for them. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, seriously, you're telling the kid to punch the other kid again? Yeah. That's a tough one because, you know, you want to you want to say that's not right. But at the same time, you're proud of her for sticking up for you. Yeah. I think for me, the hardest part has always been try to explain that to them. Yeah. Look, there's always going to be people out there who's going to not only me, but maybe you guys are going to have friends who have a disability or something. And there's always going to be someone out there, you know, who's going to make fun of them just like they do with me. You guys got to learn not to, you know, turn into violence. You're like, yeah, but I love you. I, I love you too. And I'm very, very proud of you. Yeah. But you guys need to, um, you know, maintain that aside. You know, you guys got to control yourself. It's That's right, Judith. Then, you know, you go punching them. She's like, well, what would you do, Tia? I'm like, me, I would punch them too. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the right way. That's not the right way. Yeah. Exactly. And it's not. Having a niece or a nephew that loves you to death is a bonus. Like, I remember um, that one day on Thanksgiving, I was participating in the uh, turkey trot for Redlands on Thanksgiving morning. My nephew got to do it before me because he won his entry in a school contest and got to um, race for free. He got to do his race before me. I was coming up on the finish line. I'm looking down, and I, there I see my nephew running next to me. He's like, come on, you got this. I'm like, Papa, what you doing here, boy? He's like, come on, you got this. And then uh, I crossed the finish line, and he's like, yeah, me worried about you. I almost had a heart attack. I'm like, I'm okay, Papa's. And so my sister called me. I'm like, yeah? I'm like, yeah, he's right here. And then my sister comes rushing. She's like, boy, you're going to give me a heart attack. He's like, I'm sorry, Mama. So you could say I kind of got rescued by my nephew. <laughs> he's 14 now and bigger than me playing football. He's a good kid. I love him like he's my own son. Very nice. Well, you know, it's great to hear these stories because that's, that's, you know, what I kind of envisioned as I was thinking about this whole process of, of having these interviews is I, I think it demonstrates, you know, that you're going through the same things that everybody goes through disability or not, you know, you're, you're growing, you're, you're maturing and you get to a point in life when, you know, you got to make that transition from a child into an adult and, you know, you have to look at what, what are you, what are your options, you know, to, for a, a career to, to live independently which is, you know, what everybody wants, I, I think. And, yeah. you know, so, so you kind of have to, you have to pick, you know, you don't have everything to pick from because there's, there's things that you're not going to be able to do because of physical limitations, but you have to pick within those things that you can do, you know? So, it, but it sounds like, you know, you found something. Now, didn't you recently graduate no, I'm I'm going to be hopefully graduating in the spring. I decided, you know, my husband encouraged me to uh, go back to school. Yeah. You know, when I first met my husband, we met online, believe it or not. It was through Facebook, through a game. <laughs> so, you know, we started talking and then um, he wanted to see me, you know, go visit me. At that time, I was still in Texas. And I was like, second guess, I'm like, why? Why he wants to see me? He's going to see me how I am. And then, you know, okay, okay, whatever. So, you know, I li even I lied to him before I even told him about polio. I told him I was in a car accident, too. Believe it or not. It's, once you're so used to it, it's like mm -hmm. better than to explain what, you know? 
because even if you explain people, they think they look at you like, is it contagious? Am I going to catch it or something? Yeah. So to me, it was like, oh, I was in a car accident. Which, just so you know, I, I know I've, I've done the same thing. I'm guilty. You know, you, you get to a point where, and I was just thinking about this real, real quick. Just the other day, I was thinking about this. And, and I don't know if this is a change in society. And, you know, maybe there has been an impact from the disabled community and, and it's changed people's minds. But as I was growing up, people would ask me all the time. It got to the point where I knew when they were going to ask me because they would always they'd have there was a tone in their voice and they would say do you mind if i ask you something i'm like oh here it comes you know <laughs> which is was fine and i don't care you know people if people ask me respectfully i always thought they could ask anything they want but but it's the people that didn't ask respectfully you know i, I mean i've had people just you know straight look at you don't even say hi how you doing and they're like what happened to you and, you know you know, and so then on the moment, I just make up a story, you know, exactly. first, first of all, when they say, what happened to you? One guy, you know, asked me that. And I just said, I didn't sleep very well last night, you know, because, you know, he assumes, I guess, because it's so obvious that that's what he's talking about, but he didn't even have the, you know, the decency to form that into the question. He just said, you know, left yeah. it wide open. Like I was supposed to know what he was talking about. What happened to you? I, 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 I didn't I didn't sleep very well. No, 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 no. And then he points at me and says, no, no, this, you know, what, what happened? To you? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I remember the first time when my husband actually went to see me, we went to the movies. And um, which is funny because the guy who was, you know, hanging out the tickets, you know, it's in a wheelchair. So as we were walking in, you know, to go to the, um, to see the movie, he looks at him and then he looks at me. He looks at him, he looks at me. And my husband noticed it. Mm-hmm. He's like, Did you just see? I'm like, Yeah, he used to. That's, that's yeah, yeah. You hardly even notice it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so we were like, when I finally told him everything, you know, how I got polio and things like that. And he opened up about his personal life, you know, a little bit more. He's like, Oh, okay. That's, you know, and I, I honestly thought, you know, okay, he went, he saw me. He's going to go back and I'm never going to hear from him again, which is fine. You know, I'm not going to, you know, put up my expectations to my surprise. No, he kept calling. He kept visiting as often as he could. Uh, we were like that, uh, like that for like three years straight. Yeah. And then eventually uh, he's like, you know, how about we move in together? How about, you know, we did. We did. Mm. And then, uh, you know, getting serious. Getting married. So who knows? <laughs> yeah. So. No, with him, it's funny because even sometimes, you know, we go out, even if it's grocery shopping, they're like, you know, looking at him, looking at me. I, one time there was this lady at the store. I don't even know if he remembers or not. Uh, she, was, she was heavy, okay? And I do mean heavy. And she looked at him, she looked at me, she looked at him. like, And I got turned on like, yeah, you got a problem with Shamu? She's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't help it. I mean, no. like, babe, let it go. It's okay. I go, I will let it go to a certain point. But when you know they're constantly doing and doing and doing it, like, okay, now you cross the line. Now you got my attention, but you're not going to like the way I'm going to respond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're human for well, crying I out loud. I remember yeah, so when I was a kid, we used to say, take a picture, it'll last longer. Yeah, you know, so. Well, you know, I still say that. 
Yeah. Now when they say, they say like, you want to take a picture? I'll send right here. Trust me, it's going to last you forever. Because after this, you ain't going to see me no more. And I still do that. <laughs> you know, I can remember when I was young, because I would hear this all the time, especially from other kids, right? So they're like, mommy, mommy, what happened to that boy? You know, and then at some point, when I was around 13 or 14, I think, was the first time I heard a kid say, you know, mommy, mommy, what happened to that man? And I'm like, I didn't hear anything else, but I'm a man. He, like, he called me a man. I'm a man. <laughs> well, he was like, wait, what? Like the other day, I was out with my friend, and it's funny. She called me grandma. I'm like, I'm sorry? Oh. She's like, I'm sorry. Thank you. I go, oh, I'm old, but I'm not that old. I mean, <laughs> Don't like, rush me. Like, Don't rush me. He was like, those words, ow, that hurts. Believe it or not, dog, at the age of 15, um, I almost uh, killed myself. Uh, I remember that that's the day that I was uh, being bullied for the first time in high school. Mm -hmm. I remember that day, uh, the entire day I was quiet, you know, just doing my work at school. And when I got home, one of my uncles, who unfortunately, you know, passed away, he's the one that noticed it. He sees that, you know, usually I'll, every day after school, I'll come home straight to the kitchen. Or, you know, fight with my grandma, fun, playing around, because I always do that to her. Mm -hmm. But this time, they noticed that I didn't say anything. I just went straight to the room. And at that time, my mom was taking a strong medications for uh, chronic migraine headaches. Because she suffers from that. And I was, you know, I grabbed one of the bottles and I was putting it all in a cup counting and counting and just when I was about to you know throw them in my mouth my uncle slaps my hand and the pills go all over he's like what's going on I'm like nothing why he's like no this isn't you right this, this is not you he's like I know you I'm like well what's the point of leaving you know sometimes I wish I wasn't born and I remember that day he grabbed me took me out dragged me outside actually because I didn't want to go he dragged me outside put me in his car and we just drove. And there's this little hill right there in the San Fernando Valley, because that's where I grew up. Um, we were just there in the car. He's like, we're not leaving until you tell me what's going on. And I go, you know how you told me that I could wear anything, any kind of clothes I want and everything? He's like, yeah. Like, I don't want to do that anymore. He's like, what happened? I go, well, you know, I was talking to this guy, you know, just being friends. You know, he was showing me where the classes were. You know, it's my first day of school. He's like, and then this girl in a wheelchair said, oh, like, he's really kind of go out with a stupid disabled like you. I mean, look at you. You don't even, you can't even show your leg. And I go, why, why, you know, why me? Why can I be, you know, like every other normal person? And um, I remember that day, he's like, do you remember, Miha, when um, I almost OD the first time on alcohol? I'm like, yeah. Remember that you told me that... Um, that you believe I was a, a hero, a fighter, a warrior. That no matter what, you know, life throws at me, that I always got to come on top, no matter what. I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, now it's your turn. He's like, people are always going to hurt you. People are always going to make fun of you. This is the part where you're not, from now on, you're going to learn what it's like on the other side. You know, how some people are. I'm not saying that everybody's going to be like that. But now it's your time to rise up about that. And I never, ever want to see you do this again. You're like, I'm not going to tell your mother. 
But if I find out you try to do something like this again, I will. And, you know, I was fine. But then I tried to do it again. And he kept his promise. He told my mom all right. Uh, my mom ended up had to put me, um, pretty much made me go see a psychiatrist to see, you know, what's going on. Or a psychologist, one of those. Uh, to see what's going on. And I remember I told him straight up, I'm not crazy, you're crazy. <laughs> and he There's Judith. Like, <laughs> and even, you know, even my mom said, you know, okay, you know, what's going on with my daughter? Like right now your daughter needs space. Yeah. To let her process this. If she has questions about because my mom wouldn't talk to me at first on my disability because she didn't know how I was going to react. And I understand her because sometimes I went off on her for no reason whatsoever. And I remember one time I, I threw the bracelet. I'm like, why do I have to wear these stupid things? You wear them. <laughs> I don't want to wear them anymore. I'm tired of them. And then uh, they actually, my they got me a wheelchair to be in a wheelchair. I respect anybody that's in a wheelchair because I know for them it's easier and to get around because some of them, you know, the braces, they bother them so much that they're in so much pain. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I got to see that and I respect that a lot. But to be honest with you, after that, I didn't want to sit in the wheelchair anymore. My arms were sore. You know, I'm short as it is. And they couldn't find, at that time, you know, there was, they couldn't make a wheelchair custom to me. Yeah, it was one size fits all back then. Yeah. So I had to wear, you know, I had to use just a regular wedge. And uh uh-uh, no. No, they're terrible. I remember that day, I put on the braces again. And I was like, you want that or you want this? Well, I know eventually one day I will use one. Uh, yeah, I'm going to need one eventually one day. Yep, yep. But until then, I think I'd rather walk. She's like, okay then. So little by once my mom, she found out that it wasn't the first time I tried to take my life. Obviously, you know, we started talking more and more about the disability. And I, the more I learned, the more I was like, oh, okay, I see. And then one day, I remember um, there was this, uh, we were uh, in the park. And this late, this guy, this this couple kept staring at me, and um, you know, I was just like nothing, and they kept pointing at me, but I didn't realize that their daughter uh, also had a disability, and she didn't want to do anything. And we're talking about a little kid, and then you like, and they're like, you know, like she's throwing, look, she's doing stuff, look, she's throwing, she's dancing, she's moving around. But I was like crazy dancing around, moving, you know. That's how I am sometimes. I start thinking like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So my mom, you know, right away thought, you know, it was something bad. But when they explained to my mom what was going on, my mom's like, let's, I'm like, what? Ask her if she wants to play. I was like, oh, okay. So I went and I was talking to the little girl. And then, you know, she said that, you know, she didn't like going to school because some kids make fun of her because her arm is short and, or her leg and things like that. So I, I told her what my uncle said there one time she's like you know what I go let them talk who cares they're just jealous because you're beautiful and they're ugly <laughs> that's I right that's right I go you are a beautiful person and you can wear whatever you want you want to be a princess yeah. you want to sing you sing and who cares what they say and that's what my uncle used to tell me yeah. and I do miss him a lot uh, but unfortunately you know his uh, demons took over because he chose drinking so he, he lost his battle to alcohol. But I always remember, you know, he's the one who uh, always said, who cares? Let them 
say whatever you want. Let them talk. Let them make fun of you. Yeah. You're better than that, and they're just jealous of you because you can do it better, and they can't. And you know, growing up, I always kept that in my head. So after that, it wasn't so hard like at the beginning. Now people say something. They're like, oh, I don't have time for you. I'm too old for this. I'm not in high school anymore. Go away. Right. Yeah. Or, or I come up with something like Shamu or Unique. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. That's all right. That's all right. Wow. So thank you for sharing, you know, the, all of your story and especially those difficult times, you know, um, because it is, it, it's, it takes a strength and you obviously have that strength. You know, you had some weak moments in there, but you have that strength. I, I knew a guy years ago. I, I didn't really knew him. He was, he was a guy that lived in town where, where I used to live up North and he was in a wheelchair and, and I don't know what his circumstances were, but I know he, you know, he wasn't coping with it very well. And he was kind of, you know, what used to be called the town drunk. And to the point where, and this is my own, you know, speculation and, and I, you know, not a professional, I don't know, but I, I think he was, I think he was trying to, kill him, get himself killed because he would go into bars, get drunk, be belligerent and pick fights with everybody in a wheelchair. And I think he was just hoping that at some point he picked a fight with the wrong person and, you know, they would, they would hurt him. And I, I just don't think he had the courage to do it himself. So that was his form of suicide. Again, you know, my own speculation, but, you know, for somebody like you to have that strength, you know, to get through it, you know, and I'm, and I'm sure it's still, it's a day-to-day -day thing sometimes. Well, it is because sometimes, you know, um, I let my, my own demons get the best of me sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And I got to try not to allow that. It took me a while, and it still takes me a while to let my demons, you know, to control them pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Because I know, I know myself, and I know if I let my demons take over me, you know, I'm going to try the same thing that I did before. And that's one thing I don't want. Now, in days, uh, actually through possibilities, believe it or not, yeah. I'm able to speak about my disability without uh, letting that affect me like it used to. Mm -hmm. used to you know, I didn't want to say anything. It's like, look at me. I would say, you know, quiet. Like, me alone. I don't want to talk about it. Because if I do, people are like, oh, am I going to catch it? Oh, my God, is it contagious? Or is this? Or is that? And now it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got polio when I was little. Oh, it's okay. You know, so... You have your upstage, you have good days. The thing that I do, um, lady, it's the pain. Yeah. That that's one of the things that I'm having more time right now than I yeah. did before. It's the older I get, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy, no. <laughs> it's like I feel like I'm twenty something, but my body's like, Yeah, you wish. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's and that's the thing that everybody says, you know, I mean, I my doctors tell me this. You know, and it doubles too much, but, you know, cause you, 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 you tell them about the pain that you're experiencing, hoping that there's something that they can do, you know, to, to help with it, not just medication, but, you know, maybe there's physical therapy and some other things that they can do. But a lot of times they just say, well, that's, that's part of growing old, you know, and everybody goes through it. And that's the thing also that I think we've talked a little bit about uh, this here in this format is is everybody's going to age into disability. You know, even if you're an able-bodied person today, you know, when you get to be 80 years old, you're not going to be doing somersaults anymore. 
you know, and all the other things that kind of go along with it. Um, so, you know, we all kind of struggle with that, but, um, you know, I, again, appreciate you coming on and, and I think it's going to, you know, hopefully it'll help you. Number one, it's part of that process when you could talk about these things and it helps you cope and not go back to that dark place. And then also it'll help other people. You know, when other people listen to this and they hear your stories and they say, I'm not alone, you know, I felt the same way. If Judith can do it, I can do it. Yeah. As yeah. I was listening Definitely. to your story, Judith, as I was listening, you know, I'm not looking at your disability, my friend. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm seeing. As I listen to the story, I see three things. I see strength, courage, and a great deal of resilience. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, Eric. Well said. So, so what's, uh, what's the future hold for Judith? The future for Judith holds where she becomes a famous star singer. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually the the future is for me to uh, get my associates in medical biller and coder. Uh, Also, I'm going to start taking uh, business administration classes. You know, one day I do hope to have a little small business and I want to be prepared for that. Um, I know me and my husband talked a lot about, you know, we see a lot of people buying lots and having uh, people put out their 18 wheelers, park them and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking into, you know, maybe doing that too, you know, to have some sort of a, um, a future ahead, Yeah. you know, not just depend on people, you know, but be able to me to succumb and prove them that I can't do what they say oh you're never going to make it I remember you know growing up they're like oh you're never going to finish high school I finished high school you're never going to finish college I finished college you're never going to do this I'm sorry I'm never going to (laughs) what never say never exactly and that's one of the things for me is to continue moving forward without moving back you know and Help and encourage other people to do the same. You know, don't let their disability stop them or prevent them from becoming someone in the future. Because anybody could, you could do anything you set your mind to. Doesn't matter how old you are. You do it, you achieve it, and you conquer. I see. We dropped the mic on that one. I think that's the perfect wrap up. You know, nothing more needs to be said. Judith, exactly. thank you. Thank you for spending some time with us today. And sharing your story with everybody. So Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, both of you guys. I love it. I hope we do this again another day. It was really, really fun. And maybe one day I'll take over for you guys. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I don't know about all that, but we love to have you again sometimes. Hey, you guys need a vacation too. I can take over doing it. Okay. Time. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll put that in the hat. All right. We like it. All right. We're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be back as we wrap up, Eric and I. Stay right there. Bye, guys. When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends, surprise parties, camps, birthdays. The same way you plan for the important moments, start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Get started at ready.gov plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. 
she can walk that wow wow walk that wow wow walk that wow that wow that wow walk that wow wow Welcome back to Walk and Roll Live Doug Vincent here with Eric Aguilar and uh we're just going to wrap up as we usually do kind of tell you about some events that we've got coming up and uh, some other things that uh, look to look forward to at walk and roll live.com. Uh, Eric, you've got some events coming up. I know you've got your disaster preparedness classes and your training, right? Oh, by the way, by the way, excuse me real quick. You got another certificate, didn't you? Oh yes, 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 yes. My little uh, virtual trip from yesterday, folks. Yeah. Let me tell you a little bit about that. It's funny. I almost forgot it was yesterday, and I could have been late for class if it wasn't for the reminder of my email because I logged on a couple minutes early before the class started because it was from 8.30 to 12.30 on the Zoom, and the class was on recovering uh, missing persons with disability and dementia, and it was basically a class uh, mainly for uh, law enforcement, but they customized their training for, like, you know, um, nonprofit organizations, the general population, other people with disabilities, um, for school officials, depend on the audience. And it was um, mainly uh, different uh, search uh, tactics. You know, if a person with a different type of a disability goes missing, such as autism, like let's say um, a person with autism uh, goes missing, and I happen to be in uniform and happen to locate the individual, what I would do is I would turn down my radio best I could, turn off my siren because they're very sensitive to sound and light and taste, uh, feel, and smell, and try to approach them in baby steps and then build some sort of rapport with them and then locate um, the team saying, um, you know, I found the, indiv- the individual. But back up just a little bit. Let's say it was somebody very close to me that I knew had a different uh, disability of sort. The first instinct would be is, you know, I would think of, you know, where would they go? I would check out all this places they would hang out like hypothetically let's say it was my uh fiance i would check like starbucks because i know how much she loves starbucks coffee (laughs) and if that wasn't the place i would check uh, mcdonald's because i know how much she loves fries and so do i i would begin begin my search from there so you got another certificate for that so now you're certified how many certifications do you have about over 300 or more. What? Over 300 certifications? But that's just an estimate. Wow. Wow. Well, congratulations on the newest one. That's awesome. So, okay. So tell us about the, the disaster preparedness training. Uh, I know it's a four-part series. We've already completed one and we've got three more coming up. What are the dates on that? Okay. The, as we discussed before, give me a second to pull up these dates here, my friend. All right. I think uh, I want to say June 18th, August 17th, and November 16th, right? Is that, is that legit? Yes, sir. Got Bingo, it? Sir. All right. read my mind. Good. And then I put the, uh, the the link up on our website, walkandroll.com, on, I believe, the events page. So you can go there and get signed up because they, they appreciate you getting signed up beforehand, right? It's a Zoom, right? It's a mm-hmm. Zoom deal. Yeah. 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 It's very important that you sign up a week early in advance to guarantee your spot. I know it's open to possibility members and any caregivers, but I'm hoping to open it up to the public so that way anybody can attend. Okay. All right. So the other thing is uh, another one of the organizations that I volunteer for, Rolling Start in San Bernardino, California. We've got an event on August 17th. That's a gala. It's called Taste of Independence. We're going to have all kinds of good food and raffle prizes and auctions and all that good stuff. So uh, that's going to be in Redlands. 
California at the Orton Center. So uh, save that date, and we'll uh, be telling you more about that as uh, things go forward. If you have anything you'd like to share with us, comments, go to warlive at walkandroll.com. That's our email. You can send us a note, uh, any suggestions as far as guests, any uh, comments, positive or negative. Stop doing that. Keep doing that. Whatever you want, uh, do that. And then also um, you can go and fill in uh, a contact form on our website, Walk and Roll Live. Dot com. You can catch us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Heart Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, iTunes, Samsung, uh, Stitcher, and Pandora. And remember to like us, share, follow, whatever they want you to do. That'll help grow our community. We appreciate it very, very much. Any thoughts you want to leave them with, Eric? I have a very, 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 very company message for people who use uh, wheelchairs. Don't ever think for one solitary second that it's a confinement because it's no confinement of any kind. Because the way I look at it, it's your freedom, folks. It can take you anywhere your heart's desire. I have a couple of friends, if not more, who uh, rollerblade and do skateboarding in their wheelchairs off the ramp. Some of them hike. Some of them bike ride still, even if they're in a wheelchair. All right. I like it, Eric. And guess what? I think we are giving up on trying to tease the next week's guest because uh, inevitably scheduling issues have come up. So I think last week we talked about Cody Williams again, but uh, she couldn't make it this next week. So what we're going to do, and we we have a little bit more control over this, uh, we are going to get to know Doug and Eric. So I've put together some questions that we'll, we'll pose and each of us can answer them and so we'll do a, our segment uh, on getting to know you and I. How's that sound? That sounds wonderful. All right. Remember, going forward, life limitless. Thank you for listening to Walk and Roll Live. Eric? And remember, folks, keep on rolling. See ya. Walk and Roll Live is heard around the world at walkandrolllive.com, Podbean, and Spotify. Like us at facebook.com slash walkandrolllive. You can email us at warlive at walkandrolllive.com with comments, observations, or whatever's on your mind. Whatever's on your mind. Have a topic you'd like to hear or a guest you think would be great for the show? Let us know. Look for new episodes every Tuesday afternoon. Thanks for listening. 